Pulse Audio Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Whining About Herstory, where two longtime gal pals chug wine and chat about women in history you may not have heard of. I'm Kelly. I'm Emily, and welcome to our very special Mother's Day episode. Woohoo, moms. Go moms. Go mams. Go mams. Go mammaries. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So today, I'm going to say this now because otherwise I'm going to forget the pronunciation. We're drinking a Pouilly Fissé, which is a French wine. Um, this one is by Louis Jadot, a 2017 um, it is made primarily of Chardonnay grapes. Um, it says, the flavor is fresh honey and white flower aromas with elegant and rich flavors. One of the purest expressions of this typical burgundy grape. And they recommend pairing it with roasted salmon, shellfish, or creamy cheeses. Ooh, creamy cheeses. That sounds good. We we need to start gotten, having like a cheese platter with our wines. We've gotten a couple like seafood wines. Yeah. Because wasn't like it Los Angel? Yeah, I think a, seafood so. wine a lot or... of whites, I think, or seafood or no, it was wines. cupcake. Oh yeah, see whites. The wines you pick. I know, but seafood. I don't like. <laughs> Can we just stick with the creamy cheeses? And here's the funny thing. So this is a Chardonnay, and that's my mom's favorite wine. That's so awesome. my mom's that was not kismet. a wine person. So we had to ask her. Yeah, I, had, I did. <laughs> I had to ask her, and she's like, "I don't really like wine." I'm like, "That's okay." So I think we know what we're gonna cheers to this week, ma'ams, ma'ams. Cheers, ma'ams. Clink. We love our moms. Here's the thing. I totally get why my mom likes Chardonnay because it's very dry and it's not very sweet. She hates sweet shit. So this is really designed for my mom. It's more of like a tart like than a sweet, but it's good. Yeah. It's definitely a sipping wine because you you don't want to chug it like grape juice or anything. You just kind of, you sip it. You don't even think about what you're doing. You right? Just, you just have it in your hand and then you're like, oh, I guess I need more wine now. Yeah, you know? Do you ever do that where you have like a beer bottle or something and you just like, even after it's gone, you're I would like, say, well, like, I don't want another. Angry Orchard. For, it's yes. because I'm not a beer drinker, but yeah, like stuffing yeah, cans like or bottles. Yeah. Like you sip it even after it's empty because it's just like a social yeah. Habit action. Almost. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to do with my hands, so I'm just going to pretend to sip my empty bottle. Right? And you're like, <laughs> I don't want another one, but... So we're going to tell a funny story about, so we've told you before that we don't really communicate what we're doing. Like, we're just like, okay, we're going to pick two different women. And every once in a while, we'll be like, oh, have you heard this name before? And the other person's like, no. And then we're like, all right, sweet. You're not obviously doing the same woman I am. Because we're forever afraid of that day where we cover the same lady <laughs> and we are great. just fucked. <laughs> so we got our wires a little crossed about today's episode. Which is, which is fine. It's still going to be great, but it was definitely a miscommunication because I took it as we were doing our moms as the person we were doing today. And I was thinking we each tell a fun story about our moms and then cover like a mom related lady. So, yeah. You know what? So you're getting two from Emily and one from me. This is just like the Frankenstein Mother's Day episode and 
I think it's going to be great because honestly, yeah. I would love to know more about your mom. And the woman I'm covering is soups appropriate for this episode. I know she won't tell me about it, but she's like, you'll understand. I'm I like, keep... okay, I trust you. <laughs> Kelly was even like, well, should we put it off to our, our 10th episode? I was like, no, we need to do it this week. You will understand. <laughs> so there's a lot of faith going on here. Yeah, I'm running on faith. Blind because technically, trust. if we waited till the 10th episode, that's the day after Mother's Day instead of a yep. week before. Yeah, and there's a reason I wanted to do the Mother's Day episode the week before. Like a really good we'll reason. See. We'll see. I will determine that at tuned. the end of the episode. <laughs> Everyone stay tuned to see if Kelly's on board with my reasoning <laughs> or not, or if she thinks I'm full of shit. Right? I'm like, Emily, nah. So basically, I'm going to tell a story about my mom and then cover a lady. And Kelly is going to share with us the story of her amazing, incredible mom. And like, what was that experience like getting your mom's whole story? It was, I mean, it was, it was super interesting. And I, I wanted to talk to my grandma too, but she's really sick. So oh, when no. I called her, we just kind of talked about her being sick versus like, you know, cause I didn't want to like be like, Oh, the reason I'm calling, like, and I so need I something just from kind you. of like let her talk. And then I was like, thanks, grandma. Love you. Feel better. <laughs> but well, I, I, I do. I love my better. grandma. So yeah, it's, it was really interesting. I, I did it a little in person, a little through email, a little through mom. Can you clarify this question <laughs> through text? Mom, um, what do you mean by you grabbed him by the nuts and ripped them off? Was right? that metaphorical? <laughs> <laughs> um, she doesn't know I'm doing this, but I'll send it to her. But she was like, why? What are you doing with this information? And I'm like, you'll see. <laughs> it's a secret. Yeah. So Lots of secrets going on. A lot of trust. Lots of secrets. So before we get started, I think it's really important to note not everyone has good relationship with their mother. Not everyone sees their mother as a mom. Right. And that's okay. Mother's Day can be really tough for a lot of people. Some people don't have a mother. Maybe you got two dads or two non-binary parents. Right. That is totally fine. But what we see Mother's Day is as a celebration of the women in our lives who support us and have helped us grow into the incredible women we are today. The incredible people we are today. Yes. So I just want to put that out there. This is a celebration of the women who support us in our lives, whether they're related, not related. Maybe you bumped into a woman on the subway and they just imparted some seriously deep wisdom on you. I don't fucking know. That is motherly wisdom. Yeah, I I don't know. But um, Kelly and I, we have, you know, both have our moms and we see them as moms. So we're going to talk a bit about them today. Yeah. Well, first, I'm going to do our Say Their Name. Ooh. So um, this, ooh, what day was that? I'm bad at remembering what day of the week is what. Um, so last Tuesday, April 23rd, I got it off of the Google Doodle, because apparently that's like our theme lately. <laughs> um, the Google Doodle celebrated the life and career of Rosie Afsari, who I've never heard of, so I might have to pull her up later. Wait, you don't know Rosie Afsari? I'm no. kidding. I don't either. <laughs> um, she's a prolific and award-winning Bengali actress who broke down barriers in the Bangladeshi film industry by becoming the country's first female director. Holy shit. So she had a course spanning four decades, and she was a standout in both Beng- Bengla and Urdu language films because she had a very unique presence. And then, yeah, in 1986, she directed the film Narasha, making her the first woman movie director in Bangladesh. She has also produced several movies through her company, Rosie Films. That's That's, awesome. That's that's awesome. Is she still alive? I think so. I never looked it up. Here, I'll look it up right now. 
So she is not alive. She died March 9th, 2007. So, yeah. We love you, Rosie. Maybe we'll you. cover her Thank you. Yeah, that's what days. I was thinking. Maybe we'll, we'll throw her in there. So she was 60 when she died. So that's that's pretty young. Yeah. I mean, by today's standards, 60 is like, I mean, it's not 50, it's but like it's not, not 80. not retirement age yet. Yeah. That's like one of my fears. I'm going to die right <laughs> as I'm ready to retire. Like, I finally get to just fuck off and enjoy my life yeah, and then the I die. we're like... At that point, retirement age is going to be like 75 instead of 65. Oh, yeah. This is... We're just going to work till we die. It's this fine. is a problem. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll launch into here. I feel like weird doing this about my mom now. You know, Emily's just doing a story. Like, I'm talking about my mom's life. Um, your mom is an incredible lady, and I'm actually is. very excited to hear about I her. I didn't go, like, too in-depth about some things. Well, and that's totally understandable. Partially at her request, partially because I was like, I don't know how to ask about that. Well, and a lot of the women we cover, they're kind of in the public domain, so we can really dig right? into whatever exactly. we want. Where I'm like, uh, this is my mom, and you know, some of this is kind of private. So I'm right. Like, eh. even even for my story, my mom need, was like, I don't, don't mention this. stalking my mother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my mother, Susan Marie Nickel, was born. On August 6, 1957, to Harold Westgard and Kathleen Westgard in St. Paul, Minnesota. She had one older brother at the time she was born, and a few years later, um, they had another child, a younger brother, and they, his name is David. Growing up was fairly, you know, fairly normal for that time period, and when um, they were growing up, her and her brother, her older brother, Michael, got kittens. They only had them for about a month, um, and they were named Skinny and Fatty, and apparently what they used to say... <laughs> Was skinny and fatty went to bed, fatty rolled over, and skinny was dead. Oh, what? <laughs> That's what my mom said. She's like, that was what they used to say. So I'm guessing maybe Did they were fatty just like... Did fatty kill skinny? I'm guessing they were just sick because they were kittens. Oh, so maybe yeah. they just got sick and they both... It sounds like they both died. Oh. Um, but that's apparently what they used to say. And that just... That rem- that always, when I heard that, it reminded me we had, we had like gerbils and there was a fat one and a skinny one. And then the skinny one died. And oh, then, like no. a while later, the fat one died. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, I think the fat one ate all the food and the skinny one starved. Right. And then the fat one ate the skinny yeah, one and died. But it was funny. And so that's what she told me. Um, that's so such great. a charming way to deal I with know. death. <laughs> it's like, oh, such a child. Like, yeah. So growing up, she was, you know, they call her Susie. Now, most of the time we call her Sue. Like, I don't really know anyone that calls her Susan. Yeah, I didn't know that was her full name. Yeah, that's her full name. <laughs> Something I've always admired in my mother and my whole life, she's been like a really hard worker. And I've always been really impressed by that. And it's no wonder because she got her first job when she was 15 years old. Um, she worked at the Minnesota State Fair out here. Um, and she did mini donuts in the food building, which anyone that's not from Minnesota, this is like the height of summer, which is actually pretty warm in Minnesota. And the food building is stuffy and loud and crazy. And mini making mini donuts is disgusting, even when you're in open air, because it's super greasy and like... So my mom said she worked there for three days and then found another day. Like, she's like, that was the worst job I ever had. I lasted three days and then found a different job at the state fair. I wonder what the process was like, because I worked for, like, Tom Thumb Donuts for one summer at the county fair. It was just, like, for the week. And I just remember my back hurting because you were always slightly hunched over because you were scraping the donuts into the bag. Yeah, and she she's like, no, it was... And I can imagine, because like I said, the the building, just that building is just so... It's a fucking it's crazy. nightmare. So then having to deal with like being in a small stall and it's like just greasy and ugh. 
So yeah, she three days later, <laughs> she found a different job at the state for this time. It was serving chicken in a more like open air location, like other people would cook it and she'd like bring it out to people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she she said she enjoyed it at least more than the other job and she actually ended up doing that for two summers in a row oh was wow when she was 15 and then when she was 16 good for her during school between those years um she also had a part-time job with the dnr she would fold pamphlets and put like boat licenses and stuff into them because you know back then they didn't have robots because i'm sure now you know like it's, it's all, all very robot automated. done you know so that's what yeah she would stuff envelopes and get, like send you your boat license when you applied and stuff like that so that's pretty cool so, you know that was when she was young and she kind of kept doing summer jobs, part-time jobs, like, throughout her high school career. Um, she went to Washington High School, and she said that she's still friends with a lot of people that she went to high school and even grade school with today. Really? Like, some of which that are even, like, states away. Like, and she still, like, keeps in contact with them. And I'm like, man, I really hope, like, I can stay in contact with people. Like, maybe not from grade school, but, like... Emily. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and there's there's such a long span there where you didn't have Facebook where you can just kind of like passively right? be friends with someone. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. And I, I've met a lot of her friends. And yeah, like even my grandma says like when, like every once in a while my grandma will ask how, you know, certain people are doing. And I found out, not now, but like it was probably a few years ago that some of the women that my mom is still friends with, yeah, she was girl scouts with them when she was yeah like in grade school and she still hangs out with them and they like go to movies and stuff like yeah one of them she's going to like avengers with this weekend oh my god all right awesome mom like go mom i think i'm only like facebook friends with a couple of people i went to grade school with and even then like we don't talk no i ruined one of those relationships being a roommate with one of them i mean it was like mutual it's not like i ruined it it was kind of we should never have been roommates yeah but we're still facebook friends that's crazy. So growing up, I know my mom didn't have, like, the easiest life, and I'm not going to get, like, super into that, because, you know, it's kind of private. But, you know, she came through it, and, you know, she's a gr- great woman now. Um, what I didn't know growing up is that my mom hung out with an older crowd and partied a lot. She even had a fake ID. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, you? I didn't know that. What I know, right? You know my mom. You would have never guessed. Like, no, I she's guess, such a Minnesota mom. I know, right? I guess I, I guess I figured the older crowd thing because my dad's a few years older than her, and I'm sure like she hung around with him and his friends. Yeah, but I was like, fake ID, really? Like, because my mom's not like a big drinker now. Like, so the fact that she had like a fake ID and was a partier is kind of like, huh? Next time I see her, I'm gonna be like, hey Sue, can you cook me up with a fake ID? Yeah, right. Like, like twenty. You know where you got it? <laughs> um, That's amazing. So she met my dad when she was around 17. He would have been about 22. Um, and he, he rode a motorcycle and, you know, was that kind of guy. So that's probably the older crowd she was hanging out with at the time. Vroom, vroom, baby. <laughs> so she graduated from high school when she was 17 and then moved out soon after. Basically, as soon as she turned 18, she bought her – or she didn't buy. She rented her own apartment because basically she had just been saving like, at 18 years old, I would not have been able to rent my own apartment. No, same. Right? I I know. It's insane. I'm like, Mom, how did you do that? And she's I like, mean, oh, I just, I just saved and invested early. And I'm like, what? What? Like. She's been planning her escape this whole time, it sounds like. Like, she's been little, working yeah. since she was 15. Yeah. She, you know, it was what she was. So a few years after that, well, what, during that, why she moved, lived in the apartment, she worked various jobs. She worked in, like, collect collections i think she said she worked in some type of factory and then when she was around 
20-ish, I think. She got a job working for the state, which she's moved around in the state quite a few times, but she worked for the state for a total of 40 years. So yeah, about 20 is when she would have gotten that job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a few years of being in the apartment, um, she bought a duplex. Again, she just saved and then bought like an entire duplex, not like, so, like half of a duplex. She bought an entire duplex. So in her early 20s, she's already a property yeah. owner. Yep. Holy shit. Um, and she lived in the bottom and she um, rented out the top, you know, because then, then that covered most of like the cost of owning the duplex. Right. Because, you know, my mom was apparently savvy as fuck. I was going to say, she is savvy as <laughs> right? fuck. Right. That's um, the that's the beginning title of this episode. Savvy as fuck, fuck Sue. Yeah. Um unfortunately in 1981 her older brother Michael passed away. Um it was very sudden and she said it was very shocking and scary for her cuz at first they didn't know what made him sick and they didn't know like why he died and so you know you kind of have that fear of you know what what is it is it something that's going to affect all of us, you know. There's and that was, not knowing. Yeah, and it was very hard on her, you know, just having to deal with that because it, it was you know sudden and it's hard when you lose a sibling well know. i bet they weren't i mean they must not have been that old either 81 24 i think michael was i don't actually know how old, how much older michael was than her a few years so i mean was, unless he was, he was probably like, like 25 i was gonna say unless he was like 60 years older no. than her that's that's was, like tragic pretty young. young yeah yeah um and at, during this time it was his, her parents were also going through a divorce so it was kind of you know there was a little bit of everything going on oh, and it God. was really unfortunate however late good news is later that same year so 1981 she bought she bought a house the one that i lived in my whole life really yeah and so she moved out of the duplex and then rented both sections of the duplex for a year because, you know, income. Yeah, uh, I mean, you already have it. Right? I know, it's crazy. So she married my dad in 85. She also had my older sister in 85. My brother was born in 88, and then myself in 91. 91, so the best year. About, you know, three years between each of us. When I was little, like really little, they renovated our house because there was only three bedrooms in that house originally, and like one is tiny, I know, because I grew up in the tiny <laughs> Plus, we had, like, a wraparound deck and a tree had fallen on it. So instead of keeping the wraparound deck, they built, like, what you would know today as, like, we have, like, an office area and then our living room and then my parents' bedroom. And that all oh, used to okay. be the deck. And then we have, like, a little deck now. So it was, you know, so So the house impressive. stopped at the kitchen. Yeah. And then it was a deck. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a great investment on that house. Right. Yeah. My mom basically, not doubled, but she probably like added a third more space. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is something my sister said, because my, when growing up, my dad, at least when I was really little, my dad was a stay at home dad, but my mom worked. Um, And my sister, let's pull this up. She said, um. This is a direct quote. She said, to me, to me as a mom, now I realize how much she, she sacrificed for us and still does. She, she gave up being home with us, which she said she would have done, to work and earn money. She, she is now an amazing grandma and helps support us in any way. Aww. That's what my, mom, my sister said. And I'm like, no, I understand. Like, I don't have children. But yeah, like, being the one that has to work, because my dad was laid off for, like, medical reasons and stuff, mm-hmm. so he, at that time, couldn't work. Right. Like, but knowing he need, she needed to support her family, like... That would be incredibly hard. Like, right. And she's so strong to have done that. Like, especially and, when she would rather have stayed right? home. Maybe, with you I guys. mean, maybe not rather, but it's like it would have been nice if 
he could have worked and she could have stayed home. Like, you know. Right. I mean, my mom was still there. Like, she didn't work a job that she was gone, like, 80 hours a week. Right. Which is nice. But, you know, I'm sure that was still super stressful, like, all day, especially when I, you know, because I remember I was, like, a baby, you know, Mm -hmm. so, like, not being able to experience that, I'm sure, is really hard. Right. Well, and I, I have a friend. She has a daughter and she's a, she's an amazing teacher. She, she's not, she's like administrative now, but she was a daycare teacher for many, many years. And she really struggled with that after she had her daughter. She's like, I spend more than eight hours a day taking care of everyone else's children. And it leaves me with so little time to take care of my own child. It was really hard for her because like in a perfect world, she'd be able to just stay with her kid. Right. And unfortunately that doesn't happen for everyone. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's not an option. Like women should have the choice whether they go to work or stay home, but sometimes you have to do what you have to do. And it sucks. I mean, men should have that choice too. And so, yeah, you know, it was, I mean, I think I'm I'm lucky that I got to stay home with either of my parents because, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of families, it's like, nope, you're going off to daycare. You know, we both need to work to make money, which is fine, you know, but, you know, it was nice to have someone home. Right. I think, but I think by the time I was like school aged, I think my dad was back at work by then. It might even even been before that. Okay. So growing up, I think, I don't know, I thought we did good. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, you turned out great. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, Your siblings turned out great. They're both amazing people. Right. Um, And we were always encouraged by my mom and my dad, you know, to do whatever, like, we wanted. So if we wanted to try a sport, they were more than happy for us to do it. You know, I eventually branched out into theater. You know, my my mom made it to, like, every show. She didn't go to, like, if we had, like, four shows for one one play we were doing she didn't go to all four shows that's a little excessive and i'm okay with but that. she attended but she always went to at least one performance <laughs> she was there front and center every, <laughs> every goddamn night oh, God. she was at rehearsal she was <laughs> providing <laughs> snacks that's funny but no like i always remember my mom being like very supportive with what, whatever i wanted to do and for all of us i think the only time i heard her ever complain about it was i know she was really worried about like my brother when he was in football and wrestling, because wrestling, you either have to drop weight or gain weight. Mm. And I, I think it really bothered her to watch my brother struggle with that. Like, just because she's like, why, like, why would you want to do that? You're a teenager. You're a growing kid. Like, she still let him because she's like, okay, I understand you, you're passionate about this. I want to do it. But she's like, it kind of bothers me. It's hard to see your kids struggle with, right. oh, I got to eat a bunch. Oh, I got to lose a bunch of weight because that can enforce some really unhealthy eating exactly. habits and, and then, body image And issues. then with football, it was concussions because I know my brother had several like throughout. And so I know like toward a senior year when she's like, you've already had like three concussions. Jesus. Like, you know, she was like, Are you, I don't know if you should keep doing this. And I think it might have been senior year that Matt had to drop out of football because, yeah, they were like, you've had too many concussions. Like, oh you, might, you might actually get like serious brain damage if you continue to do this poor matt yeah on top of everything else right uh during some of this time there were various mental health struggles with us children and i mean my mom was still there for us even like why she was dealing with one you know like it was it was my brother and like so my mom obviously had to like deal with that but she was still like you know present like i'm sure less present but i don't blame her like no one knows how to handle a child with you know uh, mental health mental issues. health issues especially if you haven't gone well, they through came it yourself. out of like nowhere you know yeah. so it's like it's very and i think she did a wonderful job well and that's like my parents had to deal with me when i had all my mental health issues but they didn't have right. to divide their time between two right. other kids yeah 
I was, I mean, I was their only headache. <laughs> at the time, it was really just me and my brother because my sister was already like off at college. Okay. So that made it a little bit easier. But yeah, it's still hard, especially when the other child is like younger. Because it's like, how do you explain to a younger sibling exactly what's going on? Right. When you probably don't even understand it yourself. And to still make them feel safe and loved exactly. when there's a lot of really heavy shit going yeah. on. There was a lot of scary times, but I thought my my mom and my dad handled it very well. Like, I, my mom's an incredibly strong, strong person. Yeah. So my mom actually recently retired. I think she retired last year at oh, 60. Con- so congratulations. That's, that's, that's pretty young. Like, yeah. You know, I think normally it's 65 right now i mean she's been working since she was 15 she better get to retire and and i know my mom and i find it really impressive because i know she wouldn't have retired if she didn't think they would be fine yeah like but still i find that like super impressive it's like you've been working since you're 15 and you got to retire you know theoretically five years early she's bought like two pieces of property Right? By the I time know. she was and 25. I know, like, one time she came down here and she was talking to me and Justin. She was like, oh, yeah, I could do rental property again. And I'm like, geez, mom, like, you should. Yeah, I mean. So she's, I know she's been thinking about that. And I'm like, that's really impressive that, like, you want to do all this stuff. And, you know. Yeah, retirement is not the end for her. She's just getting started. Right? She's like, I know. let's she does, do this. She does a lot of stuff now. Um, <laughs> now I got time for all my projects. Right? I know. And my mom does really like to travel, and I think they're going to try and do that more now that she's retired. Nice. Um, when I asked, she said her favorite trip was in 1999 when they went to Hawaii without without the children. Yeah, of um, course. <laughs> with my dad and then some of my dad's siblings. I guess she was between two state jobs. Where, like, the one she was coming from, like, they treated her like crap. She didn't want to be there. It was terrible. And then she was just, she was going to be starting, like, a new one at the new, a different location. And so she said it was just really nice because it was, like, a nice segue between, like, this really crappy job that she had to what will hopefully be better. Right. And she said she just had, like, a ton of fun because they, like, did some tours of the islands with my, you know, everyone. And then just her and my dad, like, spent some extra time and went to a different island and, like, hung out. And I know my dad really wants to go back, and I'm sure my mom would, too. You know, but all all I remember from this trip, like, hearing about it when they got back, was that they, they visited some, like, botanical garden and the entire time they were there, my mom had this like duck that would just follow her around. Oh it was like God. it was like her best friend. And when I asked her about it, she was like, "No, it was kind of like weird. It kind of freaked me out because it was like, why is this duck following me? I'll have to see if she has a picture of it because it was really funny. There's Maybe it was duck, fatty like, or skinny. <laughs> reincarnated into a duck. They stepped up. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're in Hawaii, right? Um, but yeah, <laughs> You'd be an I, just, aunt in Hawaii I remember she was telling up. me about that, and I was like, "That's so funny!" Like, I, I still remember it, you know, ten years later. I love that. I know it was funny, and I love your mom's story's not over. Like, she's still doing no, I still amazing have, like, things. Another page left. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, just random. Breath. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm like cutting to the chase, right? I know. I think I, I must have gotten my love of traveling from my mother. Like, I mean, she's not like, oh, let's travel everywhere, but she enjoys traveling. And I know mm-hmm. she likes to go places. Like, I know we went to Disney a few times growing up, which is, a, you know, I love my mom for that because I'm guessing she must have saved for that, too, because that's, you know, not something every child gets to do. And we we got to do it a few times. And I, I, you know, I think that's such a great experience to do as a family. Well, especially having a bigger family, too. Right? Yeah, exactly. You had three kids to deal with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and one of them was Kelly. Yeah, I would say Matt. Because um, I remember <laughs> she told me that one time we were taking a picture with, like, Chip and Dale or, like, one of them. And my brother, like, kicked one of them in the shin and, like, ran away. Oh, that poor cast <laughs> I member. I was like, ooh. <laughs> but I'm like, well, I don't get paid like enough brother, for this right? shit. Right? 
what was I what I thought really cool is growing up that as we got older like in our into our teens um my mom wanted to take each of us like on a trip just with her so I thought that was really neat like so her and my sister went to California um they drove up the coast you know and they like you know tried different things unfortunately they said it was like a little bit cold so they couldn't like do the beach thing right but they still really enjoyed it and you know they like I remember seeing a picture of them like eating lobster and like stuff like that and they I know they had a great time Except for uh, one night, I remember they told me they had to, like, they didn't feel safe in their hotel. Oh, no. So they slept with an iron in the bed. (gasps) I don't know why it's these things that I, like, remember, like, from people's trip stories. It's the true crime buff in you. I know, right? Okay. They were fine. They're fine. Skip over your tourist travels. At what point did you feel like you had to fight for your life? Tell me about that. that. Like, we slept with an iron. Like, an iron, like, for clothes ironing in the bed. Oh, (laughs) I'm thinking tire iron. I don't know. I mean... They it's used what they had. Yeah. <laughs> um, my brother at the time, you know, declined to go on a trip because, I mean, you know, he was a teenage boy. What teenage boy wants to go on a trip with their mother? Right. Like, I'm sure some do. But in this case, my brother was like, uh, no, that's weird. So my mom was like, OK, do you want something instead of going on a trip? Because, like, obviously I'm spending this money to go on trips with your sisters. You got so my brother equal. got a laptop. <laughs> OK, cool. He can um, plan his own trip. Right. So then when it was my turn, um, we chose to go to the Grand Canyon because neither of us had been there before and we thought Aww. it would just be kind of like something fun and memorable. It, I had a great time and I think my mom did too. So we flew into Phoenix and then took this crammed like little shuttle bus like to Flagstaff and it wasn't good because I think someone they had like a pet. So my mom was like sneezing the entire way and it oh, was like, no. like it was like two to three hour ride in this shuttle bus. Oh my God, your poor mother. And then we walked around Flagstaff for a bit before we got on a different shuttle bus that took us to this other town that I don't know the name of because I didn't go look it up. It would probably have taken me some searching. Um, And we spent a night there and it was kind of cool because it was like on Route 66, like a historic Route 66. And it was like a town for like motorcyclists, but they also had like some history stuff. Like I remember they had like this cowboy show, like the shootout thing that you could go and watch. And I know we did that and, you know. That was fun. And then the next day, we got to travel to the canyon by train, which was super fun because they had, like, a little show on the way that you get, like, held up by bandits. Like, so they, like, stop the train and these oh guys, like, God. get on and are like, we're going to rob you. And, 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 and like, it was kind of, it was fun. Like, I know my mom enjoyed it and I did, too. And then she just whips out her iron. Yeah, right. Like, oh, I got the iron. Not today, motherfuckers. <laughs> right. I'm prepared. That would have been funny. She upgraded to a taser by then. <laughs> Fool me once. (laughs) We we stayed in a little, like, bungalow, and I remember that me and my mom, like, when I was a teenager, we didn't get along very well. I was a brat. And I know I was a brat. Like, now I know I was a brat. But I remember when we went, we took this trip. Like, we didn't fight at all. It was fine. And it was, like, it was a lot of fun. Like, we went on a rafting trip one day, like, on the upper part of the river. Like, not the rapids. (laughs) Right. But I don't think I could convince my mother to do that. (laughs) Um... And it was it was a ton of fun because they like talked about the hit because we started like up by the dam and then went down to like where the rapids started and then we got off and it was just you know like they stopped for lunch and it was like the river super cold so you don't get in the river because you'll get hypothermia and die super um, fun yeah and then I remember like we stopped at like one of the stops and then like a little hiking and there were like bathroom stalls and my mom got scared by this like little tiny like lizard because it's Arizona <laughs> like there's lizards and it was really funny so I know. That's their primary export. Exactly, right? I know before we left, we bought her this little, like, tiny bobblehead lizard thing that I know she still has. But That sounds like you. Hey, we bought it together. (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah it was we did like a lot of hiking and they had like this sunset tour that took you like to the best places in the grand canyon to get sunset pictures and Aww. it was a lot of fun and i honestly i would love to go on a trip with my mother again because she's she's just so amazing that's amazing i love that she made that point to do something for each of you kids that was special right and i i just yeah i think that was really nice that you know it's that time you know she's like I, yeah you know maybe i don't know if she felt because she wasn't around growing up or just because you know she's like yeah i want to have that time with each of you like this memory of me that you'll remember like hey me and my mom did this yeah and it's all one-on-one you're not splitting up your time with other siblings or anything right even though you love your siblings it's nice to have that younger maybe not (laughs) well like i mean i feel like that's with every sibling but like this is just for you and your mom me and my mom and i loved it like i said i would do it again so I, i wrote this is now my side of this although part of this has been me so i feel kind of bad but yeah, like I said, I know I was a brat growing up, mom, and I'm sorry. Um, and I know I reacted badly to things that embarrassed you, which I wrote in my note, mom. Walgreens, sorry. <laughs> I'm not telling that story oh, because no, I, I I don't like it. It makes me feel like a terrible person. But basically, I was a brat. Like, I want... Oh, fine. I'll just tell it. I, I mean, you don't get, have like, to. I mean, this is when I was, like, young. So don't hold this against me now. But like I wanted, it was like Valentine's Day or something and I wanted to get stuff for my class, but I couldn't decide between two things. So I wanted both. And my mom said no. And I just started like throwing this huge fit. And my mom just like <laughs> dragged me out of there. And she's like, I can't go back to that Walgreens now. You have ruined no, Walgreens for I'm me. Like, I'm a feel, CVS really gal bad, now. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that, mom. Dude. We here's the thing. You're talking about how you were a brat when you were younger, and I'm just sitting here nodding like I was too. My mom will be the second person to tell you I was an awful child right after me, right? Because I own it. (laughs) But I I do want I do want to say that you've been. I don't even know if my mom's gonna listen to this, but I'm gonna say this as if it's to her. So sorry. (laughs) You've been you've been so strong in dealing with everything that you've been dealt, both with your family and then with you know when you had your kids and us. I know it couldn't have been easy, and I want you to know that if I ever have kids, which I don't know if I will, but if I ever do, if I can be half the mother that you were to me, I know my kids would grow up just fine. I'm Sorry. I am crying. Oh my god. Um, so I just want to say thank you for always being there and loving me through everything I've done. And my mom my mom said to me when we were talking, one of the questions I asked her, like, like, what was her goal in life? And she said, um, to have her kids grow up have happy, healthy, and set a good example. And I I told I, I wanna know. I want her to know that you excelled at that. Like I truly think so. Like, yeah, I mean, we all have some like mental health issues or various issues, but I think on the whole that we are happy and healthy and you did set a good example. Sorry. I love you so much. So, so these are just like random things that I, when I talked to my mom that she said, like, so I asked her to describe herself and she said, caring, helpful, patient, loving, and fun. And I agree with all of those. She said her biggest accomplishment in life was starting, starting investing early and buying the duplex like on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked her what lessons she learned that she'd like to pass on. She said, work hard, be independent, take care of yourself and be financially set. I asked her how she felt just about her path in life in general, and she said she's happy with how things turned out. You know, she started at an entry-level job and worked her way up. And then I asked her what her, like, number one quote is, and this is exactly what I would have said if someone asked me to tell you my mother's number one quote. It's poop. I'm not even joking. Like, because whenever she, if she's really, like, exhausted or, like, 
you know, she's had a hard day when she sits down. She's like, oh, poop. And I've said it before. And just every time I say it, like my, my Justin looks at me really weird. But I'm like, I got it from my mom. And she just does. And it's like, it's so natural to me that I don't yeah. even like think about it. But yeah, it's I remember growing up all the time that that's what she would do. She's like, oh, poop. That is amazing. So that's my mom's like, I'm tired quote. I love you, mommy. That is beautiful. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, no. I, I love that you got so into it and that you were comfortable sharing that that with us. And I started crying. I, know, <laughs> I, I know. I knew I knew I would. Um, but I don't know. Like, I feel kind of bad because, like, half of it was about me. Like, I tried to make it all about my mom. But, unfortunately, you know, with my mom, of course, it's going to come. Well, it's about your relationship me, with her. Exactly. And I, I do. I love my mother. And I'm... I'm really glad we got past me being a teenager. <laughs> um, and I think a big part of it was, like, me not living at home. And I don't know if that had to do with me, my parents, or, like, my siblings. You know, it might just have been a combination of stuff. But, yeah, like, I know when I went to college, that's kind of when, besides, you know, our trip together, that's kind of when, like, I think I realized. And I think maybe that's more what it was, is I realized, like, going out and being on my own, <laughs> I realized all this stuff my mom had done for me. And I'm not right. discounting my dad, but this is about my mother. And this my is mother, a Mother's Day episode. My mother is amazing, and I I couldn't ask for anyone better. I will totally cut this out if you want me to, but can I share my favorite story from your mom yeah. that I have? Yeah. So there was this one time, Kelly and I, we went to the state fair, and I, I just like tagged along with your family because yeah, your, so. cous- my, my cousin, your my cousin, your cousin, your niece. niece was performing in the in the Minnesota State Fair talent show. So she had gotten to the finals at like the big grandstand. It was a really big deal. Yep. And we were sitting there, we were watching all their performances, and there were some like fucking assholes behind us who when your niece or oh, yeah, got up and niece, performed, yeah. they were making fun of her. Yeah, because she's she's not skinny. Like I wouldn't say she's big, but she's not skinny and she had brightly colored hair at the time i think she's got an alternative look and she's a gorgeous amazing wonderful person and these people were making fun of her and your mom just turns around and stares them dead in the fucking eyes and i don't remember what she said she's like that is my niece <laughs> and that's all she had to say and those people got the fuck up and walked away <laughs> they're like and oh. just the balls it took for her to like do that yeah i remember to that. these like and she didn't even like hesitate she just like immediately was like no you are not gonna say this shit about my family yeah she's like sit down shut up get the fuck out yeah, right. get back up and get the- <laughs> don't sit down but like i i always think of your i always think of that story when i think of your mom because yeah, she's such a fucking a badass. badass like hands down that's no like fear. the number one thing when i was talking to my sister about it she's like just make sure everyone knows mom's a badass and i'm like oh i will trust me this is this whole podcast is dedicated to badass babes and yes. your mom is definitely a badass babe i agree yeah and hopefully she'll like this if not you know too bad <laughs> We're, we're publishing Too bad. Anyway. Love you, Mom. <laughs> we're not wasting an afternoon yeah, recording. Yeah, you're not going to hear it until after it's published. Right. So, just kidding. If you really don't like it, I'll I'll take it down. But well, it was really sweet. Thank you for sharing that. I feel bad now that I didn't like. <laughs> I know. That's why I said I'm like, oh god, about her life story. No, it's fine. You can always do it later. Yeah, I mean, there's always right. next Mother's Day, right? Or birthday. Oh, this is true. Kind of like we mentioned, we had some wires crossed. So I didn't do my mom's whole life story, which now I'm feeling kind of bad about because Kelly's was so beautiful. But there is this one story that I asked my mom to tell me 
because I remember her telling it to me the first time and thinking, this is the kind of woman I want to be. I want to be brave enough to be this kind of badass. So I'm just basically... I'm excited to hear this because I, I like your mom. Like, she, she's a wonderful lady. So just a little background on my mom. She's very classy. She's very well put together. But she's the kind of lady that, like, with a smile will tell you to go fuck yourself. One yeah. of the greatest lessons she ever gave me was that... When someone's really getting in your face and being really aggressive, the best thing and the most obnoxious thing you can do to them is to just smile and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Right. Oh, well, how can I help you? Because they want to get a reaction for you. And, and especially if you don't, they're like immediately deflated. Exactly. Because they want you to freak out because then it justifies their shitty behavior. And especially I've been dealing with some shit lately and that advice has come in handy because I've just been oh, well, I'm so sorry to hear that. What can I do? Aww. You know, and it's it's been really great advice. But uh, my mom is not afraid to throw down when she has to. So this is, uh, this is her story, and I'm just going to read the email she sent me. When I graduated from college, I had a job with a major corporation. She asked me not to tell what the corporation That's was. Fine. Valid. This was in the late 1970s, and the corporate environment was overwhelmingly male-dominated. Our department formed a softball team, and we would practice after work, then go out for pizza. The purpose of this was to improve morale and develop more of a team atmosphere in the department. One evening over pizza, one of my male colleagues was talking about how talking about women in a very unflattering way. That's so my mom. I know. She's not being mean. She's just saying it was very unflattering. It like, was very unflattering. Classy. See, and you know what, what that saying. means. Yeah. <laughs> he was being a dick. Yes. Women were, in his opinion, inferior to men. I politely asked him to stop as I found it offensive. I love reading this because it's so my mom. Because you is. can read between the lines and you know she's fucking pissed. Right. He didn't stop. I told him if he didn't stop, I would pour his beer over his head. He called me a coward and said I wouldn't dare go up against him. I then took his beer and poured it over his head. Needless to say, I was treated as the one who was in the wrong and the idea of a softball team was obviously a failure. However, I've never regretted what Good. I did. Yeah, he deserved it. That's this awesome. Is amazing like i reread this story and it just made me so happy Wait, because be a badass one back then yeah of course she was treated as like well why do you have to be such a fucking bitch about it right i'm sorry he was the one saying that my whole gender was it's, worthless yeah, right? it's that whole if you're what is it if you're driven as a man it's seen as a good thing but if you're driven as a woman you're seen as a bitch right like if she was shooting her mouth off about how men are worthless oh, yeah. and he did the same thing she to probably would have gotten like fired yeah <laughs> so i just i love that story and i love that even though she was chastised for it right. and she's and, like no i have no regrets yeah she knows what she did was right and that's what we need, that when even when society tells you you're wrong or that what you're doing is wrong, right. you need to have that confidence that, no, this is not acceptable behavior and I'm going to fight against it. Right. And I just love how, you know, she was just be she was being classy about it the whole time, like, please stop or, you know, or you're going to have consequences and these are exactly what the consequences are going to be. And he's like, oh, you would never. And she's like, all right. <laughs> she's talking to him like a child. Well, I don't like what you're doing. 
it's wrong. And if you continue to do it, there are going to be consequences. Right. Here's what they are. I just like even in the emails, like so classy. Like I fucking love my mom. Fantastic. She is and she is that kind of lady where she's she's very classy. She's very put together. But you know she will like fucking oh, yeah. scrap it out. Yeah, she would. And like you were talking about how your mom was dealing with, you know, you and your siblings yep. with mental health issues. My mom went through the same thing. And it is probably the worst thing I've ever put her through and is my biggest regret that she went through that. So I just want to take the opportunity, mom, I'm sorry. And I love you. And thank you so much for not murdering me in my sleep because no one would have blamed you. (laughs) (laughs) And like, again, after I moved out, went off to college, our relationship got so much better because we just weren't around each other all the time. You don't have that friction of if one of you is having a bad day. That you're stuck together. Right. And you're going to take it out on each other. Exactly. And so my mother has helped me become such an incredible woman. And she's an amazing woman. And I'm so grateful. And I'm very lucky to have her because not everyone gets that opportunity. So once again, here's to our amazing mothers. Ma'ams. Ma'ams. That's a good clink. That was a good clink. Mom, the Chardonnay's for you. And so, as promised, I do have a herstory gal. I'm ready. And I'm really... Is this the one that's, like, super depressing? It's... That you were like, I'm doing my research and it's so sad. And I'm like, oh. I sent Kelly a really bummed out Snapchat. That feeling when you're doing your research and it's really a bummer. (laughs) But it is very appropriate for our Mother's Day episode. Today I am covering Anna Jarvis, the mother of Mother's Day. Oh. So... It's all starting to come together. <laughs> and we come full circle. All right. And I got kind of dramatic for this because her of story, course. like, you can't make this shit up. Right. You just cannot. So have you ever created something and realized it was a huge mistake? This kind of irony has long plagued humanity from the fictitious Dr. Frankenstein, who regretted his attempts to play God, to the real-life inventor of the polygraph, John Larson, who spent over 40 years trying to destroy his bullshit machine. As they say, the road to hell is paved with good intentions and sometimes flowers and greeting cards. Today, we tell the story of a herstory's very own Dr. Frankenstein, Anna Jarvis. Dun, I just dun, want you dun. to like narrate my life. <laughs> I'm glad you like that because I'm like, this is either going to be really dumb or really good. Like, There's no in between. Next time I need to like redo my like message, I'm just going to have you do it. <laughs> it's going to be very extra. Yes. I it's going to be like extra squared. <laughs> All right. Let's hear about the mother of Mother's Day. All right. Who regretted her decision. Yes. Apparently. <laughs> Anna was born to parents Granville and Ann Jarvis on May 1st, 1864 in Webster, West Virginia. She was the ninth of 11 or 12 children. Records vary. It wasn't a big family, however, as eight of her siblings died before they turned seven. For a second, I was like, "Uh, that sounds like a big family, but then you followed it up. I mean, they were no duggers. Anna's mother, Anne, was a social activist who turned her loss into action. In the 1850s, she organized Mother's Day work clubs, later known as Mother's Friendship Clubs, to campaign for more sanitary conditions, which significantly contributed, contributed, contributed to the high mortality rate of children at the time. 
They also work to provide medicine for the impoverished and give care to the sick, including those with tuberculosis, oh, wow. which, as we know, was very, very serious. Yeah, and you could get and it really fucking sick. So well, most of them died. Yeah, it was it was not a good time. So so she's working like, hey, unsanitary conditions have contributed to like eight of my kids dying. I'm going to band a bunch of moms together and we're going to figure this yeah, shit let's, out. Let's get shit changed. Exactly. Upon the outbreak of the American Civil War, Anne assembled four of her mother's friendship clubs to provide care for wounded soldiers Aww. on both the Union and Confederate sides. So, well, yeah, they're moms. It's like these are our sons, our husbands, you know, our fathers out there fighting. It doesn't matter what side they're fighting for. Let's try and get them home. Exactly. And this was in an attempt to maintain friendship and goodwill through a bloody and divisive war. After the Civil War, Anne continued her mission of peace and unity, organizing a... Is, is this still the mom? This is still okay. the mom. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And this was kind of hard in my notes because I know when I'm sometimes listening to something, I'm just like, oh, this person's be name begins with A, this person's name begins with B, and I just kind of like stop yep. listening after the first syllable. So Anne is, Anne is the mom. Okay. She's not the person we're covering, but her life is important to the story. Yes. So after the Civil War, Anne continued her mission of peace and unity, organizing a Mother's Friendship Day in 1868 to encourage families who had been divided by the war to come together. Aww. She said of the day, and this is a long quote, so buckle up, but it's, it's good and it's important. Quote, to revive the dormant filial love and gratitude we owe to those who gave us birth. To be a home tie for the absent, to obliterate family estrangement, to create a bond of brotherhood through the wearing of, the, of a floral badge, to make us better children by getting us closer to the hearts of our good mothers, to brighten the lives of good mothers, to have them know we appreciate them, though we do not show it as often as we ought. Mother's Day is to remind us of our duty before it is too late. This day is intended that we may make new resolutions for a more active thought of our dear mothers by words, gifts, acts of affection, and in every way possible, give her pleasure and make her heart glad every day and constantly keep in memory Mother's Day. Aww. So what was the original date that her mom came up with? Uh, I didn't get the actual date, but it was 1868. Oh, I thought so, you said a date. Sorry, my bad. No, you're fine. But so basically, she really believes in this power of people loving their mothers and being able to identify that as a source of unity. So that's why she's getting mothers together to help soldiers during the Civil War. Right. And then afterwards, she's like, she's Let's getting come mothers back together, to, you know to your mothers exactly it's like hey everyone loves their mom let's use that to try to heal these deep horrible wounds that the civil war has caused yeah. obviously motherly love was very important to anne which is understandable considering she had felt the greatest pain a mother can feel eight times over Anne even remarked once quote i hope and pray that someone sometime will found a memorial Mother's Day commemorating her for the matchless service she renders to humanity in every field of life. She is entitled to it. So she's like, hey, moms are out here doing shit. Let's, let's like, honor that. Right? Like, they, they deserve it. Exactly. Anna, the daughter, who we're mostly talking about, remarked on her mother's wish and made a vow. Quote, the time and place is here 
and the someone is your daughter. And by the grace of God, you shall have that Mother's Day. Anna was inspired by her mother's work. She even encouraged, or no, she was even encouraged to attend college by her mother. Anna attended Augusta Female Seminary in Staunton, Virginia, modern-day Mary Baldwin University, where she received her diploma. I didn't get, like, what she studied in. I don't know if they had majors for women. After graduating, Anna returned home and worked in the public school system and joined her mother's church as an active member, and they had a very close bond. So she was soups tight with her mom. Yeah. Anna then bounced around a bit, first working as a bank teller in Tennessee. Then she moved to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to live with her brother, where she became the first female literary and advertising editor for Fidelity Mutual Life Insurance Company. Wow. So Anna's like making waves on her own. She also became a shareholder in her brother's business, the Quaker City Cab Company. She's getting it done. She's an enterprising lady. Throughout her travels, Anna kept up consistent correspondence with her mother, though her mother did urge her to return to her hometown. Though Anne must have certainly missed her daughter, she was deeply proud of all she was accomplishing. Oh, I'm sure. Like, that's amazing. Well, you see your daughter going out there and getting shit done. It's like, yeah, I want you to be close to me because I miss you, but like, polite golf claps all around. Right. But she's like, I understand. Yep. In 1902, Granville, Anna's father, died. This, combined with Anne's health problems, caused Anna and her brother to urge their mother to come live with them in Philadelphia. Anne finally made the move in 1904. After Anne moved in, Anna spent... God, I didn't write this well, because Anne and Anna is tough. Anna, the daughter, spent much of her time caring for her mother while her health declined, sadly, Anne Jarvis died on May 9th, 1905. Death comes for us all, but it still sucks. Yeah. In 1907, two years after her mother's death, Anna had a small gathering to commemorate her mother's life and announced her intentions of creating a National Mother's Day. On May 10th, the following year, Anna held the first official observance of Mother's Day at her mother's church, Andrews Methodist's Andrews Methodists Episcopal Church. That is a a hard word. That's a hard word. (laughs) This church is now known as part of the International Mother's Day Shrine. This event wasn't just to honor her mother's, or not just to honor mothers, but also to encourage peace, reconciliation, and social action against poverty, all Hmm. things that her mother Anne had fought for. Yeah. So she's not just like, hey, my mom wanted this day, so I'm going to honor her specifically. I'm going to honor everything that she stood for. Right. That's awesome. This was all happening during the progressive era, and more and more women were taking on roles in their communities. The role of being a mother wasn't just about raising your kids, but it also came with a moral responsibility to improve the world around them. Women were engaging in civil rights, welfare reform, women's suffrage, and other forms of activism. They saw these acts as inherently maternal. Yeah. So it's like, we can't just worry about taking care of our immediate families. We need to take care of our communities and the world because as mothers, that is our duty. Right. It's like, if we make everything better, it'll make everything better at home. Exactly. And that is such a great, healthy way to view the world. It really is. And it's amazing. Anna was one such woman who stepped into the public eye to campaign for Mother's Day. 
She wrote letters to ministries, business people, and politicians and held promotional campaigns all across the country to try and establish a National Mother's Day. She found supporters who also took on her letter-writing efforts. Anna found significant support from John Wanamaker of Wanamaker's Department Store Uh, and H.J. Hines of Ketchup fame. That one's a little weird, but I get the Department Store. The ketchup's a little different. Yep. Well, actually, like... On the first official Mother's Day, she gave a speech at, like, the Wanamaker Stadium oh, or whatever. Okay. Interesting. Anna's efforts were not in vain. By 1911, nearly every state celebrated Mother's Day. And in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson declared Mother's Day a national holiday. Good. Mic drop, boom. This is where I wish the story ended. Right? Can we just... We're done. Everything was great. Nothing bad happens after this. And here's the thing, though. This part sucks, but it is so important to understand. I'm sure. And this is one of the reasons that I wanted the episode, our Mother's Day episode, to air a week before, before Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Okay. So that people get the opportunity to understand what the day is supposed to be about. While Mother's Day was meant to be a celebration of women's achievements and was inspired and championed by women activists, some politicians, <coughs> obnoxious dudes, tried to use the day to promote the idea that a woman's role was in the home. Their campaign was Ugh. so successful that the name was changed from having the apostrophe after the S in mothers, so mothers apo- S apostrophe, as in all mothers, to moving it before the S, so singular mothers, so like your mothers, my mothers. Yeah, that's dumb. Yep. And this was supposed to emphasize the celebration of one's own mother and her service to the home and family, rather than celebrating the activism and organization of all mothers. This is why grammar is important. Right. God damn it. So I will forever now write Mother's Day S apostrophe. Right. And all of you we'll start, should too. We'll, we'll start petitioning to change it back. Every Because I knew there was like a conflict about where yep. the apostrophe was. So every time I typed but in Mother's. you didn't mothers, realize how big of a thing it was. Right. Well, Google always corrected me. No, it's apostrophe S. Shut the fuck up, Google. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just trying to be official, Emily. God. After establishing Mother's Day in America, Anna Anna turned her sights to global domination and began campaigning (laughs) to establish the holiday internationally. And she was petting her white cat in her lap the whole time and chuckling sinisterly. (laughs) Eventually, over 50 countries would adopt a version of Mother's Day. In its early years, Mother's Day was celebrated by going to church, spending quality time with your mother, or writing letters to your mother. However, the tradition of buying cards, flowers, and gifts began to catch on, which was great news for those industries. The price for carnations would actually rise around Mother's Day, which outraged Anna, who decried florists as profiteers. She felt the commercialization detracted from the true meaning of Mother's Day. God, when has that ever happened? When has commercialism ever bastardized a holiday? Like all of them. Except for maybe Thanksgiving. Are you because, kidding but me? But you don't, like, buy cards for Thanksgiving. You buy a fuckload of food, and then the day after is all about buying shit. That's true. I think it's less bastardized than other holidays, though. I mean, I guess like, you, comparatively. You, have to, you have to buy food, which costs money, but you can't tell me those turkeys don't jump up in price coming up oh, to Thanksgiving. Sure. It's just like, yeah, roses jump up before Valentine's Day. It's like the, the wedding tax. 
That's why. Okay. Pro tip. If you are planning a wedding, get quotes by saying you're like, oh, well, I'm planning a family function for this many people and I need a cake. Really? Get the quotes. Yeah. Because if you tell them it's for a wedding, the price jumps up. But if you say, oh, it's just a family function, then eventually you have to tell them it's for a wedding, but you have more negotiation power. Yeah. Or you can say, well, this other bakery said they do it for this much. Right. You know? That's true. Pro tip, wedding tax is real. Pro tip. In 1923, Anna filed a lawsuit to try and stop a Mother's Day festival and was arrested for disturbing the peace at a war mother's convention where the women were selling carnations to raise money. So she hated this idea of anyone profiting off of the holiday because it was all about just celebrating mothers and women. But I mean, I don't think it's bad if like mothers are selling, because you said it was a war. Yeah. Like, so... That I feel like maybe she shouldn't have interrupted, like, because that's still moms doing something active. Right. No, like, and I I agree, I'm sure. But by... I understand where she was going with it. Yeah. I just think she maybe didn't pick the best venue. Yeah. And I mean, this was not the only time she was arrested, I'm yeah. pretty oh, sure. I'm sure. So this was the one that I read about. Another notable story of Anna's protest of the holiday was when she went to a department store that was selling a Mother's Day salad. What? Yep. So the department store was having a Mother's Day special on a Mother's Day salad. And she ordered the salad and then threw it on the floor. So she paid money for the salad just to throw it on the ground. All right. Anna threw it on the ground. Is that too... Like, no, that's okay. Late of a reference. <laughs> it might be. Some of our listeners may not understand, but it's okay. She said, quote, this is not what I intended. I wanted a day of sentiment, not profit. So I think the idea of the, the war mothers just using the holiday to make money, just kind of shit in the face of what she intended for it. Like yeah. nowadays, oh, it's, you know, for charity. I get it. But at the time she was like, no, this is just like celebrate your mothers and women and do good things. Right. In her later years, Anna would say she regretted ever creating the holiday and campaign against it. She became the enemy of many charities that once supported her and was thrown out of meetings in her efforts to gain back control over her holiday. While many profited from Mother's Day, Anna did not, and she had to live with her sister in her later years. In 1943, Anna organized a petition to rescind Mother's Day, but her efforts were interrupted when she was placed in a psychiatric hospital Marshall Square Sanitarium in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Like by her sister? I think. Or did you she, not read about who, how she ended up there? I couldn't find any information, information on how she ended up there. I'm sure she just got really sick. I'm sure she had a lot of depression associated with this holiday and her efforts. Right. And I'm, I think it just kind of snowballed and she had to be institutionalized. That's I have a hard sad. time believing it was her choice though I yeah mean, that's why i'm saying i bet someone committed her like who the fuck in the 1940s is gonna be like i'm gonna go and get help there there was no getting help there was staying there until you died yep in an ironic twist of events which i swear i am not making up her bills were paid by members of the floral and greeting card industries so her hospital bills from being driven crazy by trying to take back control over her holiday from florist and greeting card people were paid by florist and greeting card people. Like, I'm sure they're trying to do it as, like, uh, we're sorry, like, let us help you. 
It's just, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if I should take that as a, they're like rubbing it in her face or. I, I can't tell if it's like a, oh shit, kind of like right? realization or, hey, thanks for giving us a super profitable holiday. Now we can afford to pay like, for your hospital you. bills. Yeah. <laughs> like At 84 years old, Anna died in the sanitarium on November 24th, 1948. Oh, Honestly, it's the least that those people could have done. Right. The moral of the story, Don't Mother's Day. <laughs> yes, the moral of the story and the holiday. Mother's Day isn't just about jewelry or expensive gifts. It's about honoring not only the mothers, but the important women in our lives and accepting our maternal duty to improve the world around us. So for those of you listening to this a week before Mother's Day, this is your opportunity. Learn the lesson Figure your shit out, improve the world around you, and honor your mothers. And then I have a little section to try to keep this upbeat Mother's Day trivia. (laughs) Anna Jarvis picked the second Sunday of May for Mother's Day because it had fallen on the anniversary of her mother's death. Which is sweet. The International Mother's Day Shrine became a National Historic Landmark in 1992. Anna actually didn't attend the first official Mother's Day at Andrews Methodist's Episcopal Church. There's that word again. She did send a telegram explaining the day's significance along with 500 white carnations for those who attended. She did, however, celebrate the first Mother's Day in Philadelphia and delivered a stirring speech about the importance of Mother's Day. So this was at that Wanamaker Stadium. See, it's her fault. She sent carnations on that first Mother's Day and it just took off. I'm actually about to get to that. And it's really interesting. So I had never heard of this, but Anna Jarvis created the tradition of wearing a carnation on Mother's Day. It was meant to be an inexpensive symbol of love and respect. She originally intended for the carnation to always be white because she felt it was a color that was symbolic of truth and charity. However, as carnations became so associated with the holiday, florists began selling red ones to keep up with demand. Wearing a red one or other colored carnation became a sig- uh, symbol uh, that your mother was alive, while a white carnation signified your mother had passed away. Hmm. So then, like, the commercialization twisted that meaning, and she was pissed off about yeah. that, too. During Anna's life, she would receive a flood of letters and cards from all across the globe, honoring her as the mother of Mother's Day, though she never married or had children of her own. Hmm. Her favorite hung on the wall and read, quote, I am six years old and I love my mother very much. I am sending you this because you started Mother's Day and there was a dollar bill sewn into the letter. So I tried to end on a high note. (laughs) That was the end of my Mother's Day trivia. That's really cute, though. I know. Like, her room is just filled with all these cards and things about, like, thank you for creating Mother's Day. This is so incredible. And for a little six-year-old boy to be like, thanks for creating this because I love my mommy and here's a dollar for your trouble. Like, Like, that's cute. Like, that must have been so much money to him. Right. That had to be a big deal. Yep. That's adorable. But yeah, so that was one of the reasons I wanted this episode to air before Mother's Day. Otherwise, it would have been the day after because Mother's Day has gotten so twisted and so fucked up. And I wanted to like send out the message of Mother's Day before it was too late. I'll be honest. I usually buy my mom 
a plant. I don't I don't tend to buy her flowers because she's like, these are going to die. So I tend to buy her a plant. There was one year that my friend and I went behind my high school because there was yeah. like a wooded area and we picked flowers Aww. and I gave those to my mom. But, you know, for me, it is it is like about going up, spending time with my family. Like that's the bigger thing to me. Right. But I also want, you know, to give my mom something nice. I usually get my mom a Three Musketeers because that's her favorite Or candy. I get her something like ridiculously sappy. Like, like that, last year I got her like a little plaque that says like all that I am, all that I ever will be, I owe to you or something. Aww. Yeah, I go I go real sappy for Mother's Day and Father's Day. See, I get really snarky with it. Like I that's usually, funny. if I get my parents' cards, it's usually super sarcastic and sassy because that's, that's how they raised me. Yeah, they created. I mean, the I do that. I that's that's kind of more for like other holidays or birthdays. But mm-hmm. yeah, for some reason, like Mother's Day and Father's Day, I'm like, no, I'm gonna be sappy. That's really sweet. Yeah, they gotta know how much I like them sometimes. Right? You gotta, you gotta thank them for all the shit we've put them through. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that is the story of the mother of Mother's Day and her Frankenstein's tale. Yeah. I think our thanks this week are gonna be real easy. Oh, yeah. No, it's no problem. It's our mothers. Yeah. I'm really thankful us. for my mom. I'm thankful for all of the women in yeah. my life. I was gonna say, I'm also thankful for Emily's mom because I now have Emily, so... I'm thankful for your mom. Right. Like nine, March uh, 16, 1991. I was I was on this earth for less than a month and I sensed you it. You knew it. Like, you knew it. You're like, oh, God, she's here. One of my best friends was just born. And that's <laughs> when I got really snarky to my parents. There you go. <laughs> but yes, thank, thank you to all, like all women that either play the role of mothers for children that are not theirs, that are mothers, just... You know, anyone that takes care of someone else. Yep. You know, they all deserve to be appreciated and loved and, you know, deserve recognition for what they do. Absolutely. And I think we, uh, I think we owed a, a special Mother's Day episode cheers to that. <coughs> Clink. That was like a nice ring after I know. That was really beautiful. I got my pug shot glass today. And this, this honestly is my favorite because I'm usually feeling pretty punchy and manic. I'm pug boat. I love that. I want to be on a just boat. tugging along. We just had third winter yesterday. Yeah, for like, it was like two inches. Luckily, it didn't stay on the ground. I'm so happy about that. Yeah, we, all week, there is this buildup. Oh my God, it's going to snow. It's April. It's going to snow. And it was basically just white rain. I had to rain. drive in it. That, that sucked, but. I bet. But it was just like white rain. It didn't stick. It didn't stick around long. I'm just pissed off because the ground's still wet. My dogs are tracking in dirt into my house. And okay, I got really excited today because we went out for breakfast and then we came back. I saw that the cherry tree that we planted last year and like my mother-in-law down the street has had problems planting trees. Like every year they, their trees haven't survived. But I noticed my cherry tree has blossoms and leaves and I'm <gasps> really excited about it. Oh my God. So I'm like, it's spring. I don't care. What an auspicious sign. And my, and my tree survived winter. So I'm really excited. I had landscaping put in the front of my house last fall. And I'm seeing, like, I Stuff was like. start to come up. So, some of the plants I got done are like two le- two or one leaves. And I'm yeah. like, this shit is going to get toast. And we had a historically awful winter. Like, our February yeah, it was, was real bad. my tire deflated from the cold and then froze flat wow so i tried to drive it and it was bumping because the flat side was frozen yep. in place and i'm like none of my landscaping is going to survive this is awful but I i've seen it what's sprouting. good about the place you went through is they do like minnesota hardy plants because they're a minnesota based company right so i would recommend that just random tip for listeners if you're going to do any landscaping whether you do it yourself or have a professional do it 
do it through people that grow stuff for your area. Right. Because if you buy from big box stores, it it doesn't mean like if you're gonna buy the stuff that only co- like is gonna be this year, that's fine. But don't buy. Is it perennials that come back or annuals? Perennials. If you're gonna buy perennials, buy from someone who grows for your area. Don't right. buy from big big box stores because they're less likely to come up. Well, and I'm lucky because random I- gardening tip. <laughs> We have wedding tips. We have gardening tips. We're just going to be our own like home and garden magazine right. at some point. But what's really nice, the place I got it done from, because I had them actually put in the plants, I have a yeah. two-year warranty. So if so yeah, my I like thought that about is them. if they get through this winter, they're going to be fine. I should be good. Right. I know I eventually have to plant another tree because cherry trees need to cross-pollinate, but that's for later. That's, that's that, a- that was my high note that I'm I'm thankful my tree survived the winter. And then future Kelly has a problem she has to deal with later. Yeah, that's later. That's future Kelly's problem. Yes. Well, thank you so much for listening to Whining About Herstory. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah. I loved hearing about your mom. That was beautiful. But uh, please email us at whiningaboutherstory at gmail.com. Tell us the women you want us to shout out. We can put them in our Say Their Name segment. Or if there are historical women that you want us to cover, we'd love to hear them because we don't know all of them. No, not at all. And then follow us on Instagram, Pod, And then Facebook, Whining About Herstory. Check out our blog at whiningaboutherstory.com. I blog every week about our episodes and you know i put some pictures up there and it's it's good fun kelly kicks our blog's ass like i am thankful for all the work you do on that blog because i've gone through it and i'm like holy shit like it's she incredible. says that but she like does emily does all our editing and stuff so i'm incredibly thankful we, we I mean, t- and then we that. tag team social media yeah Although it's lately been a lot of emily because i have some other stuff going on that i'm working through but and that's okay we'll be tag teaming it again soon and that's okay because you know why why empowered women empower Empower women women. thank you so much for listening this has been whining about herstory and have an empowered day Bye. bye